Marshall. Hey, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? I absolutely do. That is great, because that is kind of what we do here. That's 100% what we do here. This week, we are talking about episode four, Walkabout. Walkabout. I am so excited. This was a... Man, this this had a lot of, uh, I don't know, twists and also just like very uh, like potent character moments. Yeah. Did I um, did I overhype this one or did I accurately hype this one? It was it was good. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like I, I feel like people talk about the constant a lot and I feel like yeah. that still has more hype. Yeah. But this was definitely had one of the I mean, it's been the best reveal so far i would say okay well how about we dive right in hell yeah so we open on Locke looking at his wiggling foot during the um during the actual crash or, or right after the crash instead of opening on you know our current day which i believe is day four mm. yep a number <laughs> so yeah it starts with uh him sitting up during the crash and then that's a pretty brief little moment. And then we flash to the current day. Uh, it's the middle of the night and Vincent is going crazy. People are oh, waking yeah. up because there's rustling in the, what is it called? The fuselage? Fuselage. I don't yeah. know why that word is so hard for me to remember. I think it's French. Sounds sounds French. <laughs> yeah, it's French because it's, you know, it's strangely pronounced and it doesn't make sense. But uh, mm, That's fair. I but, like that reason. But yeah, I, I like first Vincent's barking and then Michael's kind of looking around like, sorry, sorry, yeah. dog's barking. And then they start to realize there's some weird noises coming from the fuselage. Right. Uh, one of the things I like about this part where we're kind of panning over and seeing everyone waking up is, and I, I guess this is another little thing I've never noticed before, but it looks like Hurley and Claire are laying next to each other. Yes. Which I just think is really sweet. Like, you know, he's, he promised Jack he would look after the pregnant lady. And, you know, I, I mean, I love their, their friendship. We see his friendship with Charlie kind of bloom in this episode, too. And the three of them, I think, are really cute together. But, yeah, I, I never noticed. I, I just kind of picture them now, just, like, staying up all night, gossiping about everyone else. <laughs> Best buddies. Best buddies. Uh, we learn that the noises in the fuselage are not Sawyer, as Jack assumes, but wild boar. Which, Jack saying, oh, is it Sawyer? I mean, we literally hear this deep guttural growl, <laughs> which also is not the sound a boar makes. It's also not the sound a human male makes. <laughs> so, Jack's assertion that it might be Sawyer is is doubly funny. He's just uh, sleeping. Coupled with the fact that, yeah, uh, I would be grumpy too if I had that tiny little piss ant flashlight. <laughs> so, so anyway, it's it's not Sawyer. Locke is really excited about it. Which, I mean, to be fair, meat, right? If you can, oh, yeah. you know, manage it. Delicious red meat. Which we find is pretty hard uh, in this, this episode. There's a mad scramble for everyone to get away from the boar as they run out. Again, just like, what was it in the pilot when they're running away from jungle noises... Charlie manages to get hurt somehow. Like, yeah. pretty badly hurt. Because we the next scene, we see Jack, like, tending to this random wound that he got somehow. 
while running away in the sand. Maybe he fell on a piece of metal or something. I don't know. We can just chalk it up to him being high. Who knows? Oh, God. Poor Charlie can't <laughs> run away to save his life. Can't run away. Also, the so we have the thing where uh, Jack has a little tiny flashlight and he's looking around and then Sawyer goes, I'm going to shed some light on this. Oh, subject. my God. Yes. And then he, he has this giant flashlight. Yeah. It's like four, four bulb flashlight. And he points it in there. And we see your reflection, and I don't know if it's just the perspective or what, but based on the shadow, those eyes were so far apart that at first I thought it was going to be some kind of alien monster. Oh, God. <laughs> because those those eyes were so far apart based on the shadow. I mean, I know boars have eyes kind of on the side of their heads, but yeah. the, the, the reflection really set me up for like, oh my God, they're going to reveal it's oh, a like Silurian another... conspiracy yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was it was pigs. It was wild pigs. But uh, but yeah, that moment with the flashlights was. I funny. love that uh, every sing every interaction between Jack and Sawyer ends up being some kind of like pissing contest, right? Like yeah, it's always oh, a, it's so good. a it's a it's a beepus measuring contest. <laughs> Yeah. between both of them mm, and who Possibly. won yet again Sawyer yeah <laughs> um we go to I guess it's the next day th th so this would be day four now Jack right. says he's talking to Saeed and Kate he says they need to burn the bodies so that they won't be eaten by the boars and then everybody gets pissy about it yeah so again you know I'm always defending Jack but this is the first of many examples that we get of people wanting him to make all the tough decisions and then like being upset about the decision that he makes so there's a lot of that in this episode which is very oh yeah strange. there's several got, more instances and people yeah. just kind of assuming that jack will do things yeah but yeah he says it's not about what they deserve uh we don't have time to sort out everybody's god you know yeah but yes um saeed and kate are pretty upset about it but i don't i mean i under we we looked up uh under the assumption that saeed is an islamic practitioner we looked up islamic burial practices and and burial is a big part of oh the, oh yeah of absolutely it would be like hugely disrespectful yes um, uh but but also you know i get that that people's traditions especially like religious traditions are very deeply seated yeah but on day four you know i i feel i don't understand why kate is so sensitive about it i guess like we haven't really established that she has any kind of dogma or religious leanings or anything like that but right. she's still very upset about it which i, I found kind of strange yeah. but yeah like i i'm i find myself siding with jack where it's like uh hey you know yeah they're people but we don't have time to you know we got to get rid of these bodies and there's no sense in i mean do you really want to spend the amount of time it takes to bury all of those bodies like right. your energy is very important to conserve yeah and just talk about like i mean as as messed up as it is to burn all those bodies having to bury them like whether it be individually or just making some kind of horrible like mass grave like who in the world would yeah that do? who whose job would that be you know i feel like a mass grave is even worse I mean, than a mass burning yeah and then are you really gonna dig i mean i you know so there's 48 survivors the plane broke up into three sections let's say there's uh 75 dead bodies 
Are you really going to dig 75 yeah. six-foot graves? Yeah. No, you're not. You're going to dig 75 shallow graves, and then the boars are going to dig those up Exactly, again, yeah. So that, Which that's, is going to be even more grotesque. Yeah, Jack yeah. is just like, there's no point burying them because we wouldn't be able to bury them deep enough, and, you know, it's it's We tough. got more important shit. <laughs> yeah, much more important things to worry about. Speaking of more important things to worry about, we see Saeed trying to make an antenna to triangulate the French woman's uh, transmission signal find out where it's coming yes. from um kate wants to help of course this is the first instance of several that in my opinion obviously we've seen kate have chemistry with jack and flirt with jack and i know i think i'm the only one who cares about this and you don't but <laughs> i um i was super into kate and saeed the first time i watched this show i think that they have a pretty good connection and it's a little bit less annoying than the connection she has with jack because it's less overt yeah I'll, I'll i'll agree with that but i, I think i have been yeah informed that uh, uh, Saeed is much more handsome than Jack. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Saeed and yeah. Kate, hands down, are the two most beautiful people on the island. Yeah. Saeed, I think, more so. He's just a gorgeous man. I hate. I wish that he would trim his nails. Apparently, um, the actor, uh, what is his name, Naveen Andrews, I think, like played guitar or something, and he like kept his nails long for that. But whatever. That's my only critique. <laughs> just trim yeah. your nails. But <laughs> other than that, gorgeous, gorgeous man. But yeah, um, they don't necessarily flirt, but I just think that they would be a great couple. But I guess that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it sure <laughs> I mean, did they, when they I was definitely... Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean. I mean. They. They definitely like have a connection. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, this episode, I find Jack and Kate's interactions to be annoying and just like cringeworthy. To be honest, I guess we'll get to that. But it was yeah. just like, oh god. I don't know. I think they're cute. Uh, I are think you it's okay? A little... You have a little bit of blood on your cheek. <laughs> I gotta check on you. Meanwhile, there's a man that's been gored by a boar. But I'm not interested <laughs> in that. You have a scratch on your cheek. That is kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like, I think they're cute. I think, uh, whatever. God. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. We've established that we have very different. Very different uh, opinions on. Opinions on, on uh, all kinds of uh, character components yeah. in this. So. That's fine. Um, we see Hurley and Sawyer fighting over food. Sawyer, I guess, has hoarded the last of the airline peanuts, which we find out is all that's left. Yep. Uh, there's no meals left, so... <laughs> we, we get two very funny nicknames back to back. He calls Hurley pork pie. Yeah. And then he calls Jack Metro. Metro! I know! Actually... Is he oh, saying that man. to Jack or is he saying it to Boone? I don't know. It works for either it one of them. It works for either one of them. Yeah, okay. I think he's saying it to Boone. But yeah, Metro, it, what a 2004. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a, what a 2004 way to conceal homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Metro. man! Jesus! Oh God! And I feel bad for him calling. I feel bad for Hurley that he gets called pork pie. Yeah. But as a fat person, or a formerly more fat person, I've never heard pork pie. That's very creative. <laughs> so I will. I will award points. I think you on will feel bad and also appreciate the really mean nicknames that Sawyer comes up with uh, related to Hurley's weight. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely mean feel a lot better laughing at pork pie than laughing at like Al Jazeera or, yeah. or something like that yeah. because it's there's something not as bad about the the fat part as the racist part and you know that's I guess maybe 
sandwiches. Maybe we can cut this. <laughs> but um, I, I did laugh at pork pie, and then I laughed very hard at Metro because Metro was I, good. I remember having friends that got called Metro. Yeah, God, what a weird. I mean, no one says that anymore, right? I feel like I haven't heard that since like 2010. No, God, no. Anyway, okay, there's no food left. So John Locke throws a fucking knife, and he's like, "I guess it's time to hunt." <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty great. And everyone is like, who are you, first of all? Jack says, you either have very good aim or very bad aim. Yeah. <laughs> Locke has a lot of knives. And does he say here, he doesn't say why, right? He just says he, he checked him or something. He just says he checked him. I mean, he, it gets explained, I guess, later on, although... Well, it gets explained it to is... the audience, but not to everyone else. He's just this man of mystery who has a lot of knives, right? Yes, but also bringing tin or maybe more than 10 knives on a walkabout seems like a excessive yeah like i'm all for having backups and like it's cool to have a collection but yeah to, i don't know what use you're gonna get it's not like it's 10 throwing knives it's 10 discrete different types of hunting knife and you know i mean if people have collections he's clearly got a a, a discrete um kind of like a pelican style metal case for mm -hmm. them um, with the foam cutouts and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. It's just interesting that he brought that many knives to go hunting. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a cool way to kind of drop like these big character development moments for him where it's like, oh, not only can he throw a knife, he's got a bunch of knives. Yeah, I think it's one of those things like kind of like with some of the radio mumbo jumbo from the French woman. Like, yeah, you're not really supposed to think too much about it. It's just like, oh, this is creating a lot of intrigue. He's got a briefcase yeah, sure. full of knives, you know? Like <laughs> Hurley says, who is this guy? Which leads into our first flashback. Yes. And it turns out who this guy is is just a guy with a lame office job and a crappy boss. Yep. Uh, TPS reports make a make an appearance, yeah. which I feel like is a reference to Office, office Space. Space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a fantastic film. I know, um, God. And they do a very, throughout this entire episode, they do a very good job of, of hiding every aspect of of his life to a point so it's yeah. like every time they have an image like he answers the phone and he answers it as the colonel and he talks in like you know military speech yeah and then his boss shows up and berates him for not having reports done um and then every scene every flashback scene has like a there's like a, a twist build up scene. and yeah. then a, and then a reveal yeah correct yeah so his his boss says no personal calls during office hours colonel in like this really asshole voice and then did you notice well, he's punching in numbers in his little adding machine and it sounds like the jungle noises i did not notice it's that. that kind of weird i don't even know how to describe like the kind of clicking and like ch -ch 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 noise huh. but it makes it makes the noise of the jungle noises so thought that was cool it's cool i have to I watched the episode twice, but I never caught that. I have to go back and check that. Yeah, it even kind of like echoes a little bit. Like that's what leads us back into back into the island. So Kate is revealing to Jack that she's going on the hunting trip. Jack says, "How come anytime there's a there's a hike into the heart of darkness, you sign up?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, "Is this is this really about the boars?" And she reveals 
to him um, that she's actually going to set up Saeed's antenna. And then she says, I'm a vegetarian. Which, are you though? Because didn't we just watch her like wolf down some bacon in the last episode? Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I was just not, her flirting. I did not catch that. Yeah, like, that has always huh. bothered me every time I've watched this damn show. I'm a vegetarian because like, she's not. She's definitely not. I mean, you could be a vegetarian until you get into survival situation and then your dietary restrictions go out the window, so. I guess, but I mean, she was just like in Australia on some guy's farm. She couldn't have been like, oh, I just want to like toast. <laughs> I don't know. I highly doubt that he made her like vegetarian bacon, right? Farmer no, Ray. No, not, not on a farm. Yeah. Anyway. If, you, if, if she said, I'm vegetarian, you would have beat her over the head. <laughs> he would have been like, um, I changed my mind. You can't work here. Yeah, you can't work here. Get out, liberal. But yeah, anyway, I mean, it's not important at all. It's just a weird little like throwaway line that I guess is just meant to be flirty. Because Again, this is a scene where it's like, okay, we get it. You're yeah, worried we about get Kate. it. You want a bone. We get it. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I, I understand what they're doing, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't like Jack necessarily, but it's just, yeah. these scenes always have me like, all right, I get it. Next scene. This is the only time I find myself like kind of wanting the next scene to come up. Yeah, the only reason I'm like overly defensive of him as a character and of their dynamic is I just I feel like long term you might come to love it, but it That's is fair. I I always do kind of forget how annoying it is in the early episodes. Like the just the weird kind of rapport that they have with each other so early. It's like you just met each other. How do you Yeah. I, and I guess that's, you know, maybe they're soulmates, right? They just automatically have this well, connection. Well, that's not a thing. But, but anyway, whatever. The, it, it's it's annoying, the, but it gets less yeah, annoying in my annoying. opinion. That's fair. I mean, four episodes in, it's, yeah. it's like this kind of stereotypical, like, they're pining for each other and they've known each other for four days. But, right. you know, I, I can see that it, it might get better. But at this point, these are the scenes where I'm kind of just it's like, chuckling. okay, move along. <laughs> yeah. We get it. So uh, we find out Michael is also going on the hunt, presumably to find out more about this weird man that Walt wants to hang out with. For some reason, that's... he wants son to babysit Walt? Okay, so this whole thing is strange. Yeah. I, I think part of the reason he wants to go on the hunt is that he is looking for a way to like improve his standing with his son with by oh, for doing sure. a by doing a manly thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, by killing a vicious animal. Yeah. It does not make much sense at all that he asks one of the two non-English speaking yeah. entities yeah. here to watch out for his son. Yeah. I get it that, you know, maybe it's the the feminine aspect where she's very seems to be kind and and but but it's it's really weird like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense and also like so he saw her you know her her business the top business yeah supposedly and, i so mean they've, what, they've had like, two awkward interactions with each other right two because very awkward interactions there was the one where jen was like yelling at her while michael was trying to talk yeah. to her and he was like oh, okay and he's kind of backed away slowly and then there was the topless scene so it's like why <laughs> why but it, it just seems very strange but you know, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not that wild. It's not like Walt is tethered to her. Right, like, yeah, yeah. He could just kind He's of just wander saying, off and do his own him? thing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess we're seeing some early connections between people. They do have kind of a connection. Like, they have kind of a friendship that develops. It. It, it, it is just odd to me that, like, she doesn't speak any. Like, the, the amount of effort it takes him to explain to her what he wants her to do. Yeah, he's doing the whole, like, foreign speaker thing where he's gesturing with his hands. I know, but God, and just talking really loudly. Lick of sense. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, weird choices, but whatever. We see that Claire is kind of leading the charge of people collecting 
collecting personal belongings of the, the people who died. They're gonna have a memorial while they when they burn the fuselage. And she wants Jack to lead it, and he's just like, no, that's not, no, I'm I'm not gonna do that. This is Jack's comeuppance for taking the leader position on everything. Is that now, whenever anything needs to be done, we'll see this multiple times in this episode. Yeah, if something out of the ordinary needs to be done, they're like, oh, Jack will do it. Yeah, yeah. Go talk to so Jack. He he declines, and she's like, well, maybe I'll do it. And he's just like, sure, <laughs> whatever. Like he's he's very clearly uncomfortable with this whole situation. Right? Well, he says he he says like that's not my thing. Yeah. And then Claire's like, okay, well, maybe I'll do it. Right. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Pretty much immediately after that, Boone approaches him. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's actually maybe later on. We see Boone talking to Shannon. That Shannon he's, is still he's, a bit. Yeah, he's concerned that Rose has been sitting on her own, not really taking care of herself, it seems like. He hasn't seen her eat or drink. And uh, yeah. they, they get in an argument, predictably. Boone mentions to her, he says something about, like, the island doesn't take your gold card or something. Because uh, she's, yes. she's saying she can get food on her own. And yeah, he he, he's like, I can't remember the exact conversation, but it's, it's like, the ocean is full of fish. And then Boone says, yeah, the ocean's not going to take your gold coin. Yeah, yeah, there it is, there it is. Which I thought was pretty funny. And she's like, well, I can take care of myself. And she storms off and <laughs> she begins a game of what what my wife Larissa called fishing telephone. <laughs> She she flirts with Charlie to get him to catch a fish for her. Poor to Charlie. Somehow prove to Boone that that means that she can take care of herself by just getting God. someone else to do it for her. By, by using people. By using her feminine wiles. I guess that's a way of providing for yourself. On on Charlie, and then Charlie ropes Hurley into oh, it. Oh God, so good. I love the great sequence. That scene. Before we get there, though, now we yes, see. Yes, correct. Now we see Boone going up to Jack and saying, "Hey, you should go talk to Rose because you know I'm worried about her." And again, Jack is like, "Like, why me? You know, <laughs> like poor." Yeah, guy. he's like, "I'm I'm tits deep in dead bodies. Yeah, is there not someone else you could recruit for this?" But this time, Jack actually says, "Okay, yeah, sure." And I think you know, as reluctant he is as he is to do things like this, he does have a connection with her. You know, he sat next to her on the plane and and told her he would keep her company. You know, he he was next to her when the plane crash happened. So and then gave her CPR on the island. Yeah, and he gave her CPR. He sits with her for a while, but she won't. She doesn't talk to him until later. So we go over to the hunting party. Well, real quick. Oh yeah, I I have no idea if this means anything at all okay but it is jack and rose like the titanic oh. <laughs> literally no i just i made that connection it could just be total what what baloney. do you think that means are they gonna have a grand I, romance i know no is she gonna uh, i think she gonna maybe something like that maybe okay, okay. Uh, but but i honestly it's kind of grasping at straws i just right. thought it was interesting that those two names showed up jack and rose yeah okay so well, there you go there you go that's a that's a theory <laughs> <laughs> you're not very good at concealing I'm your sorry. wow that hey, that was really stupid no, usually i am usually i am i'm sorry that i laughed yeah, at this are. one no that's fine <laughs> I just wasn't sure. And our, Larissa had a similar reaction. She's like, yeah, that's uh, real interesting. <laughs> Sorry, Marshall. But uh, no, it's, it's totally fine. No, listen, like, I, like I've said multiple times in the past, I am literally gr- grabbing at every single thing, thinking it's a handhold on this rock wall that I'm trying to climb. No, and that is and really good. <laughs> I need to improve my uh, my poker face. My poker no. voice? I don't, poker voice? I don't know what <laughs> that's fair poker voice yeah i mean i'm not i can't see your face right now so correct 
the let's see we're with the hunting party now they are closing in yeah they're closing in john Locke is like making some gestures to i guess tell them to surround it and michael is just an idiot and he yep. he very loudly is like hey quit doing that and then they get charged by a boar yep michael gets injured pretty badly and Locke is very dazed he gets the wind knocked out of him and we see him staring at his foot again and then that that leads into to another flashback we learn that colonel is Locke's nickname um, by his friend because they play this game on their lunch break which I at first thought was Risk and then I looked it up and there doesn't seem to be any consensus on what this game is. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks it, kind of like a, a manufactured Yeah, it, it looks like a game that is supposed to look like Risk but is not actually Risk. Yeah. But anyway, I guess just some sort of military strategy game so his friend calls him Colonel and I, I forgot what he calls his friend. I don't know if you wrote that down. G12? Yeah, I don't, I don't I didn't really know what that was supposed to mean so I didn't even... I don't either. His boss, Randy, is just a huge jerk. Uh, yeah, I would say... I'm not gonna say the word. I would say Randy is a C word. <laughs> yeah, he is. Especially, especially knowing at the end of the episode knowing, what we learned yes. about Locke. Like, what kind of a sad it's, individual. Yeah, like, just let him have... Even if you think it's totally ridiculous, his desire to do a walkabout, yeah. just let the guy have his fantasy. Yeah. But Randy is just a real piece of garbage yeah and he's like oh i dug through your files and i didn't see any mention of you in the military colonel you know like he's making fun of everything i'm I'm playing a game yeah like i'm trying to enjoy my my existence okay and yeah, so he's, he reveals he's going to use his vacation days to go on a walkabout. Because again, Randy saw the pamphlet and decided he needed to stick his nose in it. And he mocks him about that. Locke, at this point, you know, we realize he must have some sort of disability because he starts talking about Norman Croucher. Okay, I did not make that connection when I first watched it. Oh, okay. I just thought he was using that as an example of... Of like, if he like, can do hey, it, I can do it. Okay. If, I, I exactly thought that it was like pretty it. clear that like something was up. Either he was like really sickly or something, you know? I was... Yeah, well, you know, I'm great at taking signals, so. Well, I mean, I was shocked, you know, the first time I saw it at the end when we see that he's in a wheelchair. Like, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but I was like, okay, something is up with this guy, right? But anyway. Yeah, I just thought he, I just thought that Randy was was ragging on the fact that luck was an older guy yeah who worked a, yeah. a desk job who was not like overtly physically fit yeah. or qualified in any way he's just like you're basically just like you're an average joe you're not gonna go do this this crazy uh adventure you're you're yeah. you know, wasting your time That's fair i did too. not make the connection at that point I, honestly i did not get it until the very end when they showed him in a wheelchair yeah well and again so that, i mean that was a huge thing it's probably a big leap because we see him which is why even though I felt something might be off I was totally blown away by the wheelchair because we've been seeing him walking around on the island right like I, I nothing yeah exactly nothing we've seen so far would lead us to believe that something like that could happen on the island right no and so. they do a great job of of never presenting him in a way that shows that he can't walk yeah but it also isn't like it doesn't appear that they're going out of their way to avoid that right they show yeah. him working at a desk yeah. sure they set up that he's going to have a game session he's seated for that as mm-hmm. most people are mm-hmm. sure uh and then when he's later uh in bed he has his legs stretched out which i mean if yeah. you're sitting up in bed you're probably going to do that yeah. so it's very well hidden yeah. and i did not have the slightest in- inclination about it until he pulls away from that desk at the end and is in a wheelchair and i was like oh, oh! yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So his um before we leave this flashback, his friend says 
He asks if he's told Helen about the walkabout, which Randy, of yep. course, mocks him for. And he's like, oh, who's Helen? Uh. And Locke finally just kind of snaps and he says, just don't tell me what I can't do. Catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh boy, is that a catchphrase. Yep. Not just on this episode, but like forever. Oh, I assume that, <laughs> Um, because I mean he says it like several times in this episode, but yeah, we're not done I think with he it. He says it six times, maybe. Oh, five were or you six? hoping that yeah. it was gonna be like eight or something? Did you keep track? No, I was oh. just I was just I wrote it down every time I, every time in my notes oh, okay. because I was like, Oh, it's his catchphrase. Yeah, I think I might have it written so. down too each time. But uh we, we go back to the island. Locke says, oh, I'm fine, Helen. I just got the wind knocked out of me. And yeah, Kate's Helen. like, what? <laughs> so yeah, we we again see the emphasis of him just looking at his feet, just like in wonder as he pulls himself back yep. up, which of course, of course he is um, <laughs> with what we know at the end of the episode. Uh, he kind of looks over at, at Michael and how injured Michael is. He looks at Kate. He says, he's just going to go get the boar himself. <laughs> yeah. Kate says, you can't. And then we get another, don't tell me what I can't do. Catchphrase. Yep. Catchphrase. So I think we're seeing, this is the first glimpse of John Locke kind of becoming the character that he's going to be on this island. Hmm. I won't say much more about that. (laughs) Um, Uh, would, Would the word obstinate be accurate yeah yeah that's that's part of his character for okay. sure i get that i don't feel like that's any kind of a big reveal yeah like, I, I they're I, setting that up yeah. pretty solidly we see i do what i want yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know man if i regained the ability to walk during a plane crash i would kind of think i was hot shit too like ah oh, man i'd be walking uh, my ass all over the place yeah. <laughs> be walking in place <laughs> We see, um, uh, we see Charlie and Hurley in the best scene of the episode. No, not, not the best, but the cutest scene of the episode. Trying to catch a fish together, uh, which is just their friendship is one of the purest, just most wholesome it's, things on this show. It's really great. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and this is just the beginning of it. It's a great mechanism to bring levity. Yeah, exactly. Because it is, it's still like rooted in the fact that they are trying to survive, but it's, you know, the reality of of two people from regular civilization trying to catch a fish with a spear. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, honestly, if if it was me and Ricky, I don't know that it would be that much different than this kind of experience. I could you know? picture it going exactly the same. Yeah. When when Hurley's you gotta put your, like, you gotta put your body weight behind it. Yeah. When Hurley's like, damn it, crap, crap, damn it. Son of a. Hands over the spear to Charlie, and Charlie <laughs> tries to spear the fish and just like falls under. You know, like his head goes under, and Hurley's like, man. Well, he what tries are you to doing? body slam the fish with the spear. Oh God, yes. Honestly, if I were to picture you and Ricky trying to do the same thing, it would pretty much be the exact same scene. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. Th- so in this show, like, so far especially, there's not a whole lot of time for kind of lighthearted B-plots, right? Um, especially these first few episodes, there's so much going on. And then we always have, from now on, we always have these flashbacks too. And everything is just so heavy all the time that whenever we do have time for a little lighthearted subplot, it's usually gonna be related to Hurley and Charlie. Yeah, I feel like they've established them, or the show has established them as, I guess, comic Comic relief, Comic but not, re- like yeah. a ne- ne- not in a negative way. Comic relief, I mean? but also they contribute in so many other significant ways. Like, they're not purely comic relief, but they're no. also good for comic relief, too. Correct. <laughs> Back to Claire going through people's things. She finds a photograph of a woman that has Saeed's name on it. She hands it to Saeed. He looks at it lovingly for a minute. That is something we will learn more about. Clearly. Yeah. 
I did the same thing I did with Boone and Shannon. I was like, oh, it's it's Saeed's side piece. And and Larissa was like, you have side no piece. idea who that woman is. I was like, oh, it could be a sister. So It could I, be, I, but I, I mean, it, it could be, yeah. We do see him, like, stroke her face lovingly. So <laughs> I think... That is true. Yeah. But yeah, um... So yeah, we'll we'll find out who that person is eventually as we learn more about Saeed. We see Rose with Jack. She finally starts to open up. I I really like this moment between them. She says, you don't have to keep your promise. Yeah. You promised to keep me company until my husband got back from the restroom, but I'm letting you off the hook. And uh, he says, you're not going to get rid of me so easily. And then she kind of looks at him and she says, you have a nice way about you. And they just kind of, I I think that Jack needed this as much as Rose did. This moment that they have together. That's a good point. I, yeah. I didn't see it that way, but yeah, it, it does seem like a kind of, uh, not redeeming, but it, it's It's just cathartic for him. Someone cathartic. just sitting with word. him, you know, not telling him he's a good person. Not him to do a memorial service. Yeah, not expecting anything of him. Specifically telling him, I'm letting you off the hook. You're good. You don't have to yeah. do anything. Yeah. Um, which is probably the first time he's heard something like that in the past four days. Especially since he told her, like, don't worry about the turbulence, and then it turned out to be a plane crash. I don't, you know, he might feel a little bit of guilt. I guess. Yeah, I mean, not guilt, but just not guilt, but you know, I, like responsibility. You... I think. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, the whole oh, I'll keep you company. Yeah. Anyway, um, I I think more than anything, just just being told that he's a good person and that he he doesn't have to keep his promises to everyone which i think he's kind of made a promise to take care of everyone on this plane um which yeah he doesn't have to do you know it's gonna take him a long time to learn Uh, he never learns that to be honest but um we'll we'll see more of them later but we go to another flashback god this scene this scene is rough breaks me every time i watch it i cry oh he's telling helen about how he told off randy he feels so good he's gonna face his destiny and then he says i bought two tickets to the walkabout yep and then oh my god another big reveal yeah we learned that helen presumably is like a phone sex operator yeah she's a sex worker they've been talking for eight months eight And yeah, he, you know, she says, I'm not allowed to meet customers. He says, you just see me as a customer still. Uh, She says, this isn't normal. It isn't what I do. Maybe you should find a therapist and just, oh my God. That was I can't even talk about it without like choking up. Like I feel so bad for this guy. Yeah, they really set set him up. Like it's interesting. They uh, really subvert the idea of the character in just a very few episodes because it's first like, oh, this guy is pretty hardcore. Yeah. He's got the scar over his eye. He's clearly not worried about what's going on. And then they show his previous life and he is just a sad sack. He really is. I mean, just a sad sack. He really is. Also, the... So he has some kind of machine next to his bed that he switched off, and I don't know what that's supposed to be. So, um, I, I think that machine is like a, um, it like is stimulates it, his legs or whatever. Is it, so it's a TENS unit. I uh, don't know the name of it. TENS unit is like a, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it, it, it sends like electrical shocks through different little, uh, yes, yeah, pads. Yeah. yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. It's, it's okay. for his legs. So I guess if you knew off the bat that's what that was, you know, that would be another hint as to like okay that's what's up with him i was definitely starting to wonder like at first i thought is that like some kind of weird oscilloscope or something yeah. but it was starting to add up to something wasn't quite right yeah so, some sort of health condition at least you're like okay something something's going on also she uh says if you keep talking it's gonna be another hour and it's gonna be 89.95 yeah. 90 
dollars an I mean, hour? I don't know. I've never called a phone sex line. Is that? Uh, I haven't either. <laughs> but wow, there's yeah. a lot of ways to spend ninety dollars. That that's just sad. It's just sad. I know. It's really, really depressing. And I feel so bad for this man. And it kind of, these flashbacks, I, I just kind of think back on what we've seen on him on the island so far. All of this, like, knowledge that he has about hunting boar, even his interaction with Waltz, like, talking about the history of Batgammon. It's like, this poor man probably just does nothing but, like, read and, and learn about all these things that he can't do, right? Like, yeah. he has so much. And, and sometimes he He's one of the characters, I think I mentioned in the pilot, there's some characters that sometimes, like, just for plot convenience, they kind of know a little too much about, like, survival and just, like, all this random stuff that ends up being really helpful. And it's like, why would you know that, though? With him, it's like, okay, I kind of get the sense that that's kind of all that he did was just consume knowledge because he couldn't do anything yeah, he, else. And they, they reveal it later, but he's had the condition for four years. For four years, yeah. So that's a long time to be immobile, you know, or, immo- you know, less than mobile. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, that scene. I, I mean, it just breaks me every time. Oh, okay. It was, it was rough. Yeah. Um, we're back on the island. Kate climbs a tree to attach Saeed's antenna to it. Yep. While she's on the way back with Michael. And then jungle noises hit when she's at the yep. top of the tree. Oh my God. She drops the antenna. She can tell that jungle noises is heading towards Locke. Yes. Um, and then, oh boy, Locke sees it. This scene frustrates me so much. Not a bad way but the fact that he looks at it yep he looks at it like at first at first as it's coming out of the brush they're they're cutting between essentially monster or thing pov and lock pov and so the trees are moving yeah and his eyes are darting about and then the trees open yeah we don't you, we you don't know. see what it is yeah but he spikes he the camera yeah and sees it yep and lies about it later yep. or does is his memory wiped? Mm, no. I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one. Oh. Just right so off the bat. He, see, he lies about it. And you can tell in the in the look on his face when he says that to Michael that he's he knows what he saw, but he's not going to say. Hmm. So that also clears up in pilot part one where Charlie gets tripped up and he says he doesn't see it. So he's either lying or he literally didn't see it. Yeah, it's, um, I don't really know how much... <sighs> Don't uh, don't I, don't go any farther. But but okay. but my because my hypothesis was like maybe this thing is. Uh, Do you ever watch Matt Smith's uh, Doctor Who series? Yeah. As, oh, like the the silence. The silence. Yeah. Where you look away and and you forget that they exist. So okay. that, that was in my head what was happening, but. I guess that's not the case. Well, I think at least, um, I won't say anything about the other folks, but with Locke, I, he kind of gives a knowing look as he looks away from Michael. Like, he did he did see it, and he knows yeah, what he Yeah, he was saw. being super suspicious yeah, yeah. when he said no, so. I also think, and I'm just putting this out there in case you didn't notice it, and I, I won't comment on what it might mean, because mm-hmm. we're getting into shaky territory here, but the boar that Locke was chasing runs towards Jungle Noises. We hear it squealing, and then we don't hear squealing anymore, so presumably jungle noises killed it okay later on we see that he's that he drags a boar back out through the jungle correct i believe that that is the boar that was killed by jungle noises and i'm not gonna say anything 
else about that. Just chew on that <laughs> for the foreseeable future that. until we learn more. I didn't think about that. That's that's an interesting take on that because it's it definitely was setting it up like he was. I mean, obviously, I know he's not going to die, but mm-hmm. it was setting it up as if the thing was going to be a failure. But he does come back with a dead pig. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That it could have that he could have gotten it from from jungle noises. <laughs> <laughs> It's Someday not, we can refer to it as something other than jungle noises, but not for a it's while. It's not impossible to kill a, a boar with a knife. It's just very hard. There are people that do like extreme game hunting where they will only like stab stuff to death because mm-hmm. it's like peak. Yeah. I don't know, you know, hunter killer Survival. or whatever. Yeah. Um, most of the time you don't want anywhere near boars because they will rip you to pieces. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah that that's interesting so right, i think that's that's not that. something that you could put together without context that we will get later but i'm just saying now because you know i maybe you'll rewatch it on your own someday but you wouldn't come back to this moment so i'm just gonna say now i think that is what happened is that jungle hmm. noises killed it he gets the boar interesting we'll revisit it at a later date we go back to the beach. We see a tender moment between Sawyer and Claire. He gives her some personal items that he found while looting. Just like anytime he does something halfway decent, he seems really uncomfortable about it. And but... he immediately has to counteract it with being in the enormous douche pack. Yeah, but you know what? He did a decent thing that he didn't strictly have to do. Yeah, and then he balanced Carla back <laughs> the other way by making fun of the fact that Kate and Michael barely survived the outing. <laughs> yeah. The Huntress returns. <laughs> yeah, he, he tries and fails to uh, to flirt with Kate, and she's like, whatever, man. Oh, God, is that supposed to be flirting? Oh, for sure. You can oh. assume every interaction he has with Kate is God. attempting to flirt. Why are there... So many nagging. So everybody much nagging. loves Kate, man. Yeah. Everybody loves Kate. And everybody's flirting in that horrible, misogynist 2004 way. Yeah. Uh, by nagging women. Well, not everybody. Mostly just. Not there. everybody. Not everybody, but it is a. It does seem to be a lot more prevalent than it should be. Yeah. This was definitely before, I guess. Uh, before me too. Um, before everyone was like, "Hey, guess what? Nobody likes that. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not clever or fun. Yeah. This was back in the day when that could be portrayed on TV as like a as like a fun, coy, flirty relationship. Before everyone was like, "No, actually, no woman has ever liked that. He's be- he's beating you up because he likes you. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Charlie caught a fish for Shannon. Boone apolly immediately apologizes to Charlie. So funny for Shannon using him. She goes, "Well, I told you I'd catch a fish, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> I fuck. I love every interaction between Boone and Shannon, and just how mean they are to each other. He says that's low even for you, and she goes, "Oh, go rescue a baby bird or something." Yep. <laughs> As they're walking off, like they're already off screen. Yeah, so they've already away. forgotten Charlie, and Charlie's just yep. like, oh, okay, I guess I did Sad that for face. nothing. Yep. Yeah, no reward for Charlie. Um, but oh, go rescue a baby bird or something is just like, these moments are why I'm really glad that we have a Shannon on this show. Obviously, she sucks, but she's so entertaining. It's very funny. I mean, between that and like, he doesn't, he, he goes, he doesn't believe in guns. He goes on marches. <laughs> he goes on marches. Yeah, just like, every. Every interaction with Boone, the shit that she says. She's so, like, immediately throwing any of his political ideas right in his face. Yeah. Ah, it's so funny. I do enjoy it. Like, she is still a huge bitch, but uh, I appreciate her dialogue. Yeah, like, even the characters that suck, it's, you're glad that they're on the show, you know, because they contribute something. Um, And that's her contribution, is her quips at, uh... 
at Boone. Because otherwise, it would just be. I think it would be too many goody two shoes. Yeah, too many. Know, like, uh, too many. Jack is genuine trying people. to help everybody, and mm-hmm. Hurley's nice to everybody, and Boone is like trying to help. And it's like it's nice to have a foil who's yeah. just like I don't give a shit about anybody else. I just mm-hmm. want to get. All, I will eat on the rescue boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And and she kind of walks. She's like the middle ground between the goody goodies and like Sawyer. You know, she's not a horrible, terrible person that you know you're just blown away by the horrible things she says she's just really shallow you know yeah i think the interesting thing is that she still does not seem to have come to terms with the fact that they're not gonna leave the island i think she just she just sees so many people are still alive and thus can take care of her you know like oh i don't Uh, have to do much because look at all these strong capable individuals around here going out and hunting boar and looking for radio signals and you know stabbing fish i'll just sit here and and eat the boar that they bring (laughs) i don't have to do anything let's see we see jack and rose again jack this moment I love. This is Jack weird. tells Rose they're going to burn the fuselage and that she can say something about Bernard at the memorial. And she looks at him and she says, Doctor, my husband is not dead. And Jack's like, well, he was in the tail section of the plane. Everyone who was in the rear of the plane is gone. And she says, they're probably thinking the same thing about us. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a fair assessment because... We've already established how unlikely the current survivor's survival is. Right. So I don't think it's within the you know realm of the show so far. I don't think it's that ridiculous to think, well, the other people could have survived too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that she says it with such certainty that makes me think she knows something that the rest of us don't. Yeah, I think that with her, I think she just has a lot of faith. She's clearly... You know, she's sitting off to the side. She's, as we've seen, the people are concerned about her because she doesn't seem to be taking care of herself. So she's going through the trauma with everyone else. I don't think this is another, like, John Locke moment, right? I think it's just purely her having faith that Bernard is alive. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I guess that could be it. I kind of took it as, like... But yeah, she could... She could Again, I mean, what are the chances that Locke is the only person who had something, had a miracle happen to him, right? Zero. Zero percent. Yeah. So zero percent. I bet a hundred dollars on that uh, easily. Something, no way something that, tells you that yeah. we're going to learn more about other people too, right? That things have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that is a kind of a seed planted to yeah. maybe kind of refresh the idea that there could be other survivors because yeah. that hasn't been mentioned Right. I guess, I think since episode two, to be honest, Tabula Rossa was pretty heavily focused on Kate. Um, so I think this is kind of their way of like, hey, don't forget, this is mysterious. And also yeah. there were other parts We've of the plane that we have not plane. found yeah. yet. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Out of nowhere, Jack yep. sees a man in a black suit. Tux and then, boy. <laughs> and then he, well, it's not a tux. Is it not? No, it's not a tux. It's, it's just a suit, I think. Uh, yeah. Whenever I see a suit, I call it a tux because I'm an uncultured. <laughs> um, he looks back at it and it's gone. So what? <laughs> this episode just throwing stuff at us left and right. Yeah, that uh, that's a whole other element. So yep. we have jungle noises. We have long running transmissions. We have strange uh, geologically paradoxical am- animals. And now we have apparitions Mm -hmm. uh ghosts maybe possibly yeah also this ghost leads him to find Locke. eventually yeah yeah we see uh 
Well, I mean, it's very shortly after this. Yeah. Is basically, the, the end of the episode. But that's true. That's true. He follows suited, besuited man, and yeah, the same spot where he enters the jungle is where yes. Locke comes out dragging a boar. Yep. So, so that is in, that is an interesting thing to pick up on. And yes, I think that it's that it's significant. Uh, can't tell you why, but. <laughs> yeah, we also I'm gonna have a short complaint here about okay, sure. a- Am- Amazon X-ray. Oh no! Oh no! no nothing, did it... n- no, no, no! It did not. Oh. Um, we had a close call though, where it, but it oh, turned out God. so it was it was showing the name of a character that was in one of Locke's flashbacks. Okay. But it was way outside of when the flashback happened so it made no sense for the name to be there so at first we paused it and larissa was like look away look away it's someone that's not even remotely close to this yeah i feel like everything is hell-bent on spoiling this show for me i cannot look up a single thing i can't look up an episode title oh no i can't look up you cannot look up anything i can't look up a character no you cannot and if i find out that you do i'll be very mad i just can't even like oh i want to clarify what this person's last name is i can't even do that no if you ever have any questions about something that you think you should already know just like text me or you can ask larissa and she can look it up but if she wants to be kind of experiencing this with you for the first time too and you want her to also not see spoilers then just ask me and i'll decide if you need to know because yeah you can it's not safe to look up anything and i'm really anything amazon execs if you're listening make it so you can turn off the x-ray function yeah it, it's a mystery it's sci-fi show it's really up- important spoil we shit don't know yeah name yeah it let even us, does it in it off. i've watched horror movies on there and it puts up like the name of the monster the killer's about to it's, show up in the it's next like scene. what the fuck you can't yeah. do that to me yeah so uh, that that's my rant i i'm not i'm not one of those people that's like oh don't spoil stuff for me Mm-hmm. I mean, the show has been out and finished for a very long time. Yeah. What I'm saying is that it's very wild that I can't even look up a single piece of information. Yeah anywhere without some wild shit popping up which oh, is yeah, so no, wild no. that i don't even understand what it means there, so i don't there's know the, the spoiler so many, is there so there's so many crazy twists and turns all the time on this show that if you look up the most innocent thing you're gonna read something on accident and you're gonna be like wait what happened to this person like what the fuck <laughs> So, yeah, no, no. You can't even go to the IMDb page. Have of the you, show. has something happened? No, I'm just, okay. I, I'm just saying like, like I've gone on there and it's, it, it's been like, I can't even remember. Like, this a fortunate part is that I close out very quickly. Okay. But it's just, you just can't, I can't look up anything. I can only consume the show. That's it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my rant about uh, how impossible it is to avoid spoilers for the show. Yeah, I was really bummed when we found out that you can't turn off that x-ray thing. I was like, really? Anyway. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Where so were we, we? They saw Locke brought the boar out of the yeah. woods. Yeah. Well, first, actually... So, um, Saeed's mad that the antenna's broken, and Kate says they'll try again. But Kate, before we see Locke, uh, Kate sees Jack, and she says, she's, like, pretty certain that Locke is dead. Yes. She says, hey, I just want you to know, you know, I, I saw, or, and I heard the jungle noises going towards Locke, and, you know, he went off on his own to hunt that boar. There's no way. And then, as they're talking, Jack gets distracted because he sees the man in the suit again. And that's when Locke comes out. And the look on Kate's face is just like utter shock like how yeah. how did you not only survive but manage to get a boar out of this so many questions so many questions we see the memorial claire reading the list of names there's just a random number in here there's a man who is sitting in seat i can't remember if it's 23a or 23c 
Whichever one Jack was not sitting in. Because he's in 23-something. But... He, he, Jack was at the window, right? Yeah, so I guess that would have so been that'd A. So that would be A yeah. for 23C. So then this man should have been in 23C, but we never see anybody sitting there. Not important. Mm. Just... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but th- there's a number for you. Is kind of in the background. You can hear her reading stuff. And she says, so-and-so was sitting in 23C. Jack, notably is not at the memorial at all. He's sitting alone up the beach. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that, like, we don't see more people not at the memorial, right? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like if I were in that situation, I wouldn't be there. Uh, that's, I don't know. I think I would just want to separate myself and not think about it, you know? But whatever. Notable, Jack's not there. Michael asks if Locke saw, and he does refer to it as the monster, so. Yep. Michael says, did you see the monster or whatever it is? Uh, Locke says no. Yeah. Again, I, th- I think it's safe to say he lies. He doesn't, he hasn't forgotten somehow that he saw it. He just doesn't think anyone else needs to know, in my opinion, is what he thinks. I need to be very careful to not plant the seeds of my <laughs> my dislike of Locke. Um, I will say he's a very compelling character and we're going to love him for a long time, but then might not anymore. <laughs> And how could you not love him after this episode, especially with his last flashback? Yeah. The tour guide for this walkabout is refusing to let Locke join. He says he lied by omission about his condition. This is when we learn Locke has been in a wheelchair for four years. And the tour guide's like, look, man, I'm sorry. You know, our insurance is not going to allow us to let you (laughs) to go on this thing. He says, I I can't remember exactly what the tour guide says, but he says, you know, you just can't. You can't do it. Yep. And then again, we we hear... We get three catchphrases. Yeah. (laughs) Back to back to back. (laughs) Don't tell me what I can't do. He says, don't ever tell me what I can't do. This is my destiny. I'm supposed to do this. So not only, uh, I think, not not only is a, a big theme with him, don't tell me what I can't do, but destiny is such a big thing for his character. I think he feels as though, especially with this plane crash and and waking up and all of a sudden he can walk. Oh yeah. He feels that he's been chosen for something. Destiny comes up a couple times. Oh uh, yeah. Just in his, even his basic conversations like before they reveal i'm just gonna say he's paraplegic i guess because i don't really know what the actual thing is but i'm just gonna say he's paraplegic but before they even reveal these paraplegic he talks about destiny as if it's very important to him yeah and so that not only because of the miracle that he experiences also his intense focus on having a destiny and fulfilling it yeah. Uh, I think it's also what leads him to make, you know, some of these rash, dis- the decision. rash yeah. decisions that we've seen. Yeah, I think no, what we've seen so far would be choosing to hunt the boar by himself and then choosing to not tell Michael what he saw. Also not, not running away at all from the jungle noises. Not running away at all. Right. And I will tell you, again, of course we're not going to learn what this thing is for a while, but yeah. we get a little, a little bit of a nugget in the next episode from him talking to another hmm. character um he mentioned something that i just can't wait for you to watch this episode yeah uh. but it's the next one we're, we're so close so we get another flash to Locke waking up after the crash uh and we see a- another scene that makes me cry every time we see him standing up for the first time in four years yeah and oh my well God. especially with the music that's playing the I music oh. part of it and then he looks around and he hears jack calling for help and he runs over to help yep and then back at the memorial we see he again this is a very powerful shot that i think you should remember he sees his wheelchair that he had on the plane and he yep. grins but then the fire the flames consume the image right yeah. they kind of fill up the screen and that's the shot that we end on uh i just just don't forget that <laughs> 
Oh, God. Okay. Um, it's, it's just uh, just some very powerful imagery that I think we're, we're seeing a lot of what he's going to become. And um, that's that's Walkabout. That's why this is like one of the best episodes on the show. They also, again, the benefit of watching it a second time yeah. is the number of times that you can see. You never see the wheelchair in Locke's flashbacks until the reveal at the very end. Right. But you do see the wheelchair multiple times throughout the episode, throughout the episode on yeah. the island. Yeah. Um, like they're moving firewood or they're moving stuff for the victims and stuff right. like that. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. It's, it's a, something that you see and think nothing of. Yeah, it's like not even obvious enough to be a Chekhov's gun yeah. scenario. But mm-hmm. looking back, it's like, oh, okay, wheelchair. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's so blatant, which I think is really interesting. It's why why going back and rewatching episodes after having seen them once really it just recontextualizes it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I think Lock, uh, Lock, oh my god. I think Lost is a show, I'm not going to recommend anyone be crazy like me and watch it, you know, this is eight times now. I think it's a show that everyone should watch twice. <laughs> Um, because... Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely say that I'm picking more up rewatching it. Even if I wasn't taking notes, there's yeah. still stuff that's that stands out uh, but if you think if you think you're having that now like watching the episode oh twice in a row yeah watch the entire show and then go back and you're gonna be like your mind is just gonna explode into goo because <laughs> it's well specifically if if we make it through this whole show specifically watching like season six and then going back to season one is just like <laughs> there's yeah. just there's there's so many things that it feels like truly i know that a lot of shows especially long-running shows like lost the writers kind of are just flying by the seat of their pants sometimes but it feels like they planted so many seeds that really paid off like they really had so much of this planned out which just blows my mind it wasn't just like this sci-fi show is doing well uh we got three more seasons let's figure out what to do with it you know it's like they had such a clear-cut plan and yeah i gosh how many how many minutes do i spend each episode just like gushing about how good it is yeah i i give it i'm definitely you know i will say every time i watch an episode i i become to i come to enjoy the show even more or appreciate the show more yeah so well i have some fun facts about this episode for you okay dominic monahan who plays charlie in the scene where jack is tending to his little wound from the the great boar chase (laughs) you can see on his arm the the nine of the the fellowship of the ring they all got tattoos on their arms that say nine in elvish cool you can see that tattoo on his arm (laughs) that's cool just a fun little tidbit i don't know how often in this show people they they chose to like cover up tattoos because i think we see like maybe this is one they just missed because i do think it's covered up for the most part but they missed it in this shot i guess weird that they covered tried to cover that up later but they didn't cover up jack's shitty tattoo in first episode yeah (sighs) I feel like with that... And then they made a whole episode about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with that, they were just like, this adds intrigue to his character, even though the tattoos just look so dumb. And I don't know. They're poor quality. They should have covered him up. This, I didn't know this. I just, as I was reading up facts about this episode, I learned that supposedly fans say that this episode is the point at which they really got hooked by the show <laughs> to the point where it's supposedly called the walkabout effect, which isn't something I've never heard before, but... 
okay, internet, I guess. And maybe that's because, like, I watched it for the first time when it was still relatively new. You know, like, I started watching it right when it ended. So maybe it's one of those things where, like, years later, you know, people are like, oh, you should watch the show Lost that was on, you know, so many years ago. And maybe they start with showing them this episode. I kind of think of it as, like, Doctor Who. Everybody shows the episode Blink when they're trying to, like, get their friend to watch the show, right? So maybe that's what Walkabout has become with Lost. I don't know. But... The walkabout effect sounds kind of silly, but that's what the internet said, and it's usually right. (laughs) So, the uh, deleted scene from this episode, the Charlie and Hurley fishing scene, would have originally ended with Jin walking up, easily catching a fish with his hands and giving it to Charlie, so that (laughs) the fish that Charlie caught would have actually been caught by Jin. I would still like to watch Jin catch a fish with his hands, so. Oh gosh, is that something we ever see? I don't know. I'll have to look for, I don't know if this is a deleted scene that, you know, can be watched. Sometimes deleted scenes are, they don't even make it right onto like the the DVD footage or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different stages stuff can be yeah. cut at. But yeah, I'd love to see that. Let's see, you, you correctly guessed that this episode would be about John Locke. Yep. But you incorrectly, you thought that they, that we wouldn't learn about what the miracle was. But you said we might learn how he got his scar. But I think having watched the episode, and obviously you see the flashbacks, he doesn't have the scar. That's just something he got in the crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... That finally cleared that up. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that you that you uh, pegged it as, like, action hero Scar. Um, I think that's, that's pretty significant. When I see that Scar, I think of someone else, but I don't know if I'm going to tell you for a while. Because, again, I, I don't really want to reveal to you too much of what I think about his character, because it, it's going to change so much from what, from what we've seen. And, like, you might continue to love him and think he's the best thing that's ever happened um i just personally don't (laughs) but yeah the scar is really interesting and it's such a such a prominent like you said action hero scar where it's like over his eye but happens to like not actually his his actual eye didn't get hurt (laughs) yeah i think that's all that i have for this episode did you have any i mean there's so many questions right questions that you have that you want to be answered by the show uh i mean a big big thing is is as the seeing the dynamics between each character evolve as it goes along yeah i would really like to see hmm what i want to see most i'm very interested in sawyer's origins yeah oh even more than that saeed saeed yes yeah very because like they revealed a huge part of that but but Right. They didn't go any further into detail, but like, would like to know what Saeed's life is like being a Republic guard. Yeah. Uh, in the army of Iraq. Uh, I don't know if that's the proper name for it, but the Iraqi military. Yeah. In a war that they lost by a huge margin. Yeah, we're gonna learn a lot about that. So that I think out of all the characters, I would most like to see Saeed's background. Yeah. So, so far, all that we have of those two characters is we have Saeed with this photograph, and then we have Sawyer, remember from last episode, or the pilot? We saw him looking at some handwritten letter. Yeah. But no no indication as to who the woman is in the photograph or what is in that letter. But there will be. Um, There could also be something that maybe pulls him pulls them together in a way you know like some common ground yeah maybe how about wanting to know what Locke saw and why he lied about it oh well yeah 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 totally and that's from from episode uh one (laughs) yeah i want to know what i want to know what these damn jungle noises are and i want to know why either a in the first place they're so hard to see or b when you do see them you're compelled to not talk about it 
Yeah. And then so, so quick and with so, so many other things happening this episode, you almost forget Jack saw that random apparition. Yeah, saw ghosts. So what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what they, keep ad- they keep adding more and more layers to how weird this places yeah exactly so we have another layer which is i guess ghosts or well-dressed survivors <laughs> from other eras although what? he did have okay white tennis shoes on which is an interesting choice with a black suit so clearly he's not from a generation that is more uh, fashion savvy <laughs> Really uh, super weird, uh, super weird. I mean, <laughs> it's just, there's so many things that come out of left field in this show. It's just yeah. constantly like, oh, by the way, oh, what about this? Yeah, yeah. God, I just, I'm very excited for the next episode. The next episode, I hope you didn't see it on accident on freaking Amazon. The next episode is called White Rabbit. I saw the title. Oh, okay. But you didn't see the summary? Correct. Okay, so White Rabbit. What does that make you think of? Well, it makes me think of the Netflix show that the Mythbusters did. Okay, called White Rabbit Project. But no, um, so White Rabbit is involved. I mean, you think of magic. Uh, magicians use you know rabbits as a prop. Okay. Um, like oh, there's a rabbit in the hat or whatever. You can tell I'm very very familiar with all last magic and sleight of hand. Let me redirect you a little bit. White Rabbit is referring commonly referred to uh, the character from Alice in Wonderland. Alice oh. chases the white rabbit and it it leads her to Wonderland. So that is more what this one is referring to is a, well, a reference. I was also yeah. I was also thinking the saying. Uh, the rabbit died where they take blood from a pregnant woman and they stick it into a rabbit (laughs) yeah Uh, no it's it's not that oh because obviously that's a test to see if someone is pregnant it's very very obvious that she is pregnant but i didn't know if that was something to do with her oh so you pregnancy. were thinking it might be claire thinking that's what it was referring to yeah claire oh, okay okay no i will tell you this is a an alice in wonderland reference hmm. okay so the concept of the white rabbit chasing the white rabbit the concept of chasing something impossible okay all right so knowing that context what the title means what do you think? Chasing something from impossible. everything, everything we've seen so far, all the tidbits you know about characters so far. Ch- uh, okay, chasing <laughs> I mean, something tough. impossible. Yeah, I mean, it could be a number of things. It could be getting off the island. It could be triangulating the signal. It could be having a healthy baby on an island. Mm-hmm. Or as we saw in Tabula Rasa, it could be all of those things because they'll cover it in a montage. Yeah, <laughs> it could so, be physically chasing something. It could literally be physically chasing impossible. a rabbit that is white. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, the knee-jerk reaction is to say it has something to do with rescue. So, like, okay. they are chasing an impossible rescue that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's that's a very good guess. So that that's my primary. So I'll stick, I'll stick based, with that. Based on that, even though that's you know something that they're all presumably chasing do you have any just stab in the dark guess as to who the focus of the episode might be uh i'm gonna go back with my original wild hair guess which is it has something to do with the pregnant lady because of the rabbit and the pregnant blood and the dying okay so i'm gonna say it's gonna be about clear all righty well we will see it's another really, really good episode. Oh my god. Ricky's probably laughing at me because I am going to be saying that about every episode. But like really, Walkabout and White Rabbit are very good. And, <laughs> you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta like maybe tone down like, the I'm, hype a little bit. I'm certainly not. 
hyping White Rabbit as much as Walkabout. I'm not suggesting it's as good, but it's also because very good. Every not not to uh, uh, bust your bubble, but every time we've talked about an episode, you're like, I know I say this about every episode, <laughs> but this one's really good. Damn it. Well, anyway, <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm right. I know. I, I believe you that it is, but also just consider that when you say it about every episode, it becomes hard to determine what's actually going to be top notch and what's not. Well, to be to be fair about it, I will also tell you when there's a shitty episode because <laughs> okay. there definitely are, and I can admit it. Uh, just not in season one, to be honest. Well, no, there maybe one, but anyway. Interesting because you said that season one and season two were flawless. Okay, I did not say flawless. There you, are Okay, flaws. you said there were no skippable episodes in... No, 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 no. There are not any skippable episodes. However, there... I can think of one in season one and one in season two that are kind of like, eh, not as strong, but certainly not skippable. Certainly still better than any other show I can think of. <laughs> but and just ha- by law many, standards, how, kind of, eh. There's 20 episodes in a season? Like, between 20 and 22, I think. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, nine. 95% hit rate's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any, I mean, kind of seems obvious who your choice would be, but any standout favorite character from this episode? I really enjoyed Charlie and Hurley's interaction. Mm, yeah. So I would say, uh, I'm going to say their ship name is Charlie. Charlie. So I was a big fan of Charlie this episode. <laughs> oh my God. Were you, I mean, did your heart absolutely break for John Locke? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say in terms of character growth, it was it was John Locke. Um, in terms of like favorite interactions, it was yeah. it was Charlie. But Charlie. But but uh, yeah, I felt really 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 gosh bad darn for bad for John Locke. Yeah, that's gonna be a pretty common thread with the flashbacks with characters. Now, I'm not suggesting that they're all as tragic as Locke. Like, oh my god. But pretty much every episode, you're gonna end the episode being like, damn, sucks to be them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, alright, that was Walkabout. Next week, we'll be talking about episode 5, White Rabbit. In the meantime, you can follow us on our social media uh, on Twitter. We are Jungle of Mystery. On Instagram, we are Jungle of Mystery Pod. And our email is jungleofmysterypod at gmail.com. So if you have any any theories that you want to throw into the mix, if you're watching this for the first time too, uh, if you want to do what I've been doing uh, on occasion and kind of share, like reminisce on what your theories were the first time you watched the show, if you want to tell us favorite characters, favorite moments from the episode, we are dying to talk about Lost, so just yep. hit us up. And any feedback you have about uh, how we're doing it, and if you've ever done one of these before, or if you just have insight as a listener, just uh, hit us up. Yeah. We'd love to hear it. All right. Well, I think that everyone on the island, especially Mr. I'm going to hunt boar by myself, John Locke, yep. needs to hear the wise words of Jack. <laughs> if we can't live together... We're going to die alone. There's also, it is this bonkers fucking video called Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do that is this weird, like, music video that I'm pretty sure ABC made as a commercial. And it's, like, the, the chorus is Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do. Don't tell me what I can't do. But it cracks me up. There's, like, little puppets in it and, like, they're, like, reenacting scenes from the show. <laughs> but then... For some reason, unrelated to this podcast, because it was, like, months ago, I wanted to watch it again, and I could not find it. It's like the internet has been purged of this weird, weird video to the point where I'm like, 
Was it a fever dream? Like, did I make it up? <laughs> Listen, our our tens of listeners out there, if you can find a listener in, I don't remember where they're from. Aust- is there somebody? New Zealand? Australia? Ooh, France. Oh, if you can find the presumably season five promo for Lost set to a song called Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do, please, for the love of God, email it to me at jungleofmysterypod at gmail.com. I promise I won't show it to Marshall. It's full of spoilers. I just need to know that it's real. Please. I'm begging you. If we can't live together, we're gonna die alone. Please. I need you. 